Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Slow Patrol, Jesus 911, two man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. I told Paul 30 some odd years ago, one day. We will be doing apostolic work side by side, and thanks be to God, the day has come. Paul, I'm 10-8. What about you? Yes, 10-8. Hey, you know, I was reflecting back on the days of being in a radio car, and I was remembering that, you know, you'd look at the in-service, and uh, your partner mattered. Who who you were going to have that day for a partner mattered. And so as, I, as, as I'm looking at the uh, in-service today, and I see your name, and then... <laughs> I'm feeling good. And, and of course, uh, you're only working half the shift today because we got Terry for the other half. And either way, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 got, you got some good backup today. I got some good backup. I just want to mention that today, the month of February in the Catholic Church, every month is dedicated to something special and, and beautiful. And the month of February in Catholicism, it's dedicated to the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. It's a special devotion that Catholics have had to the Holy Family. Probably since the 13th century, since St. Francis of Assisi, he built the first nativity set called a creche. And, uh, and that's has now taken, uh, taken hold across the world. People, Catholics, Protestants, you know, people of goodwill just have nativity sets in their front yards oftentimes during the Christmas season. So <clears throat> Catholics have always had a real... Because in the Holy Family, we see a reflection of the Trinity here on earth. And there's a prayer that, that as, as we as Catholics have been saying for decades or for centuries, it goes like this. When, when you say Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we love you, save souls. So add that in the month of February to your prayer protocol, add that last uh, doxology. Say, as you end your prayers, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we love you. Save souls. Paul, last week we were talking about uh, something that you're familiar with because it's in your neck of the woods. And I found another article by a very respected Catholic priest named Father George Rutler. And he wrote about this uh, these real bodies uh, mm -hmm. or, or what they call plastinization. Mm. It's a short article. And here's what he said. I know we covered it last week, Paul, but... I think he brought some new insight to it, so I figured, you know what, it's uh, worth doing visiting this one more time. Okay. Father Rutler said, he's a pastor of the, of the Church of Our Savior in Park Avenue in New York, uh, former Anglican, highly trained Cambridge, Oxford. I mean, he has incredible academic credentials. He converted to the Catholic faith like 30 years ago. He swam the Tiber. He went from... Uh, you know, the Church of England to the Church of Rome 30 years ago. Let me make a quick comment, just Yes, sir. Every, you know, uh, as you know, uh, a lot of people who were formerly uh, in the Anglican Church converted over to our church. What I found, you know, obviously they, they converted over to our church for the right reasons, because they saw that liberalism had crept into um, Anglicanism and they came over to our church. So usually when we find uh, an Anglican priest in the Catholic Church, he's usually pretty solid. That's right. Good, great, great comment. And, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, 
converted under the reign of Pope Benedict XVI because Pope Benedict was in, uh, is an incredible mind, an incredible scholar. Hundreds and hundreds of priests and bishops from the Episcopalian Church, the Anglicans, the Church of England, came into the Catholic Church under Pope Benedict. And uh, but Father George Rutler, he precedes all that. He came in like 30 years ago. Here's what he says, Paul, about uh, going back again to the, the body worlds. He says this. To bury the dead is one of the seven corporal acts of mercy. The human body is to be treated with respect from conception through death. Great statement. He mm -hmm. says, at the South Street Seaport, there currently is a display of 22 whole bodies and 226 additional organs and partial body specimens. So that he's talking about New York because he lives in New York. Mm -hmm. It's called Bodies, the Exhibition, is a version of Body Worlds which in prurience, means carnal, carnal which in recent years has exploited prurience, that means carnal appetites, has exploited prurience in the name of scientific edification. The corpses are skinned and the blood replaced with silicon polymers. These plasticide bodies are shown in various poses, sometimes whimsically. Dr. Thomas Hibbs Professor of Ethics and Culture at Baylor University has called it pornographic. Hmm. The founder of Body Worlds is, no surprise, Paul, I'm not picking on my German brothers, but it's Gunther von Hagens, <laughs> who invented the plastination method at the University of Heidelberg. He is not capable for his father, he, he is not capable, or, or excuse me, culpable for his father having served in the Nazi SS in a perverse age when lampshades were made of human skin. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, follow the breadcrumbs. That's <laughs> the, right. Leave a trail. <laughs> the, 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 Paul, the fruit didn't fall far from the tree. Yes, yes, yes. So Father Rutler says that horrified people then. A generation later, more than 20 million people around the world have, have paid to view plastinated corpses. For the thrill of it, Von Hagen's moved to China in 1996 where bodies were more easily obtainable. That's what you said last week. I remember you told me that last week, Paul. Mm -hmm. You were already on top of this. Uh, uh, some of them rumored to be bodies of homeless or mentally ill people or executed prisoners. In 2004, bullet holes were found in two of the exhibited sculptures. The anonymous bodies on display in Manhattan were taken from the Dalian Medical University in northern China. The New York State Legislator, Le Legislature... This summer passed a bill requiring a declaration of the cause of death of the exhibited remains. Is it possible that if you visited these, this exhibition, you were looking at a Christian martyr? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> do you see the feedback? Do you see the feedback loop idea? Any parent that is any parent with any sense knows that when the parents tolerate, the children will embrace. We don't know, I suppose, if Mr. Von Hagen's father, in his capacity as a Nazi, was involved in making lampshades out of the skin of his Jewish neighbors or something more or less unspeakable. But we do know that his son has fully embraced cold, utilitarian view of the human body that the Nazis had, that he treats not just the image of man, but his very body as raw material to be exploited. As Father Rutler put it, and apparently to do so with the sort of success that those who pander to these base motives have from time to time enjoyed. He may even view certain members of the human race as mere matter and others as somehow superior to them. Would he want his father or mother's corpse in one of his displays 
to help generate revenue? If not, why not? Mm. The proposition is simple. Either people, all people, not just this or that race or nationality, are material or they're more than that. Here's a clue how you can tell. If people were mere matter, something inside all of us wouldn't, wouldn't wretch at the idea of the human lampshades or human sculptures, nor would, nor would morbid fascination be an effective marketing appeal. In that post called History Rhymes, referring to Nazis, which you're always talking about, Paul, Paul History <laughs> Rhymes. Yeah. Uh, that article, History Rhymes, uh, referring to Nazis, uh, Father George Wittler says, I asked, have we become like they were? In keeping with the theme of this post, I'll ask, have we become an exponentially dense version of them? Hmm. I, had a few th- I had a few things to say about the burial of the dead a couple of years ago. I'm sure I was not capable of having envisioned human corpse sculpture when I wrote them. And on the other hand, knowing that human lampshades are a historical fact, I might not have been surprised. Father George Rutler, thank you for such a great article. Paul, a lot to talk about here. Oh, yeah. Father, uh, he brought a lot of great points up, Jess. And uh, I think one of the points that, that jumps out at me is, yeah, yeah, we have been uh, desensitized. Um, you know, yeah, uh, everybody, you know, they, 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 you know, almost shiver when they think of, uh, you know, how the Nazis made lampshades out of human skin. I remember, you know, hearing about shrunken heads, Jess, you know, and, and, and understanding the fact that they were real human beings, you know, that, you know, you, you know, the, back in the day, it was, uh, you know, you see these shrunken heads from down there in South America somewhere. But uh, th- these things, they just, uh, uh, they go right through you as far as, uh, uh, you know, there's there's a dignity with human beings that is being so overlooked in this world today. And, and, and I think the reason, it's just, it's pretty simple. We were created in the image of God. Uh, the body in our theology uh, has great meaning. Jesus said, destroy this body and in three days I will raise it up. That same body rose from the dead. And guess what? These bodies that we have will rise from the dead. And that shows the human body has dignity beyond what we can even imagine. Great analysis, Paul. Hey, Paul, not to pick on my German brothers, but I'm going to be honest with you. There has been a lot of bad fruit that's come from Germany. Now, I was looking at a website, a German website. In the past, they had like 50 German deities. Loki, Zeus, Thor, Odin, who, who, by the way, we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, but there's been a lot of problems, Paul, that have come from that country. Luther, Nietzsche, Hitler, Heinrich Himmler. Right now, Klaus Schwab, the German biblical scholars who are ruining scripture studies and for Catholics and Protestants. Yes. How about the German bishops who want to bless marriages? And now we have this German... Gunther von Hagen's with his plastination of bodies. We'll pick this up on the other side, Jesus 911. We'll talk more about uh, how undignified these uh, these plastic bodies are on display. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay here speaking the truth in charity. Paul, that the, the, uh, there's been a lot of great saints that come out of Germany. I mean, mm-hmm. incredible saints. Uh, somebody who I highly respect, who's got an incredible mind, and is about as German as they get, is he's called Pope Benedict XVI, a.k.a. <laughs> Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, who, by, by the way, the left called him the, the, the German shepherd for like 30 years. It, 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 they said it pejoratively, or they call him God's Rottweiler. But uh, we've had some giants in the Catholic Church from Germany that are saints and also yeah. theologians. And again, I think uh, it, just like in every single culture, uh, as Dr. Scott Hahn says, you have uh, you have the line of Seth and the line mm-hmm. of Cain running great side point. by side, parallel, fighting with each other. Yeah, great, so, great within point. Mexicans, Paul, you got you got Sethite Mexican Catholics, you got Canaanite Mexican Catholics. Amongst the blacks, <laughs> you have Sethite blacks that follow the godly line, and you have Canaanite blacks that follow the ungodly line. That's the only point I'm making. Yes, like like that West right. Texas preacher, a guy named J. Vernon McGee, Protestant preacher, used to say, yep. there's two kinds of people in the world. There's saints and ain'ts. <laughs> and that struggle, you know, <laughs> essentially essentially, what, we, what you truly have is uh, uh, all God's children, you know, are saints. We don't know until they uh, finally make it to, to glory if, you know, um, you know what their final result will be. But for, he's right in that sense, you know. There's only two kinds of people yeah, in the because, world. That is, yeah. Go ahead, Jess. Saints and ain'ts. I like that. Yeah. No, yeah. no, you know, because, because you're right. Because when you look at New Testament theology, and that's our wheelhouse, Paul, yep. um, you'll find that St. Paul uses – when he writes his epistles to the community, he calls them all saints, to the saints of Corinth, to the saints at Ephesus, yes, yes. to the saints in Thessalonica. Now, That's right. he's not canonizing everybody. He's not saying right. everybody in, in, in the city of Corinth is going to heaven. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is he uses the word saints in a hopeful way. Yes. And, and, or, or, as they say in the sec, or as they say in a secular way, in optimistic terms. In other words, he's using it in a hopeful way, oh, yeah. hoping that they will all persevere to the end and make it to heaven one day. He's not canonizing every individual in the city of Corinth because we know there was yep. people. There was a guy, yeah. a young guy they, that was sleeping with his mom, his, his, his yes. wife's, uh, his, uh, wife's uh, yeah. His yeah, Jess, the, the virtues of faith, hope, and love, right? And so, yeah, Paul Correct. is uh, definitely, uh, and, 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 you know, with the understanding that, listen, a saint is someone who is sanctified. It means to be set apart for God's holy purposes. And certainly Paul looked at the churches as you guys are set apart for God's purposes. Now, now, now what you have to do is be what you are called to be, you know? Amen. Uh, amen. Well said. Yep. No, keep on, keep on, pre- keep, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Paul. Yeah. It see and here's let me just get a little little Greek here. The word saint is the is the Greek word that Paul uses in the other New Testament writers. It's the word hagio. Now what hagio means in, in New Testament Koine Greek, what it actually means is one who is set apart for the things of God. 
-hmm. So when you were baptized, you were set apart as a chosen vessel for God. Now, you could become a dirty vessel of your own choosing, and you can you can you can walk away from the master potter. You got that free will, though the master potter created you, and the master potter has created you for heaven. You can walk away and push back and say, "I don't want goodness, beauty, and truth." And so, a saint could become a wretch. For example, Judas Iscariot was handpicked by the Son of God, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, handpicked. And he yet, of his own free will, chose to reject Christ yes. uh, and, and, and sell him for 30 pieces of silver. That was not forced upon him. Anybody says, God forced that predeterminism. Heresy. God knew he was going to do it. And God just allowed the actions of Judas to take its normal course. But God didn't cause Judas to betray his son. That, that's right. Listen, Jess. Uh, let's look at some biblical examples. The Jewish temple uh, could be defiled and was defiled in history. As a matter of fact, when Jesus came, he casted out the demons, you know, uh, that had occupied uh, the temple at the time. Well, listen, uh, so here's the deal. Uh, the, the New Testament tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Well, we can defile these temples. Uh, that's why it's important that we do and take advantage of every advantage that God has given us in order to keep the temple uh, pure, in order to allow God to work in us and through us uh, according to his will. Uh, uh, put to death the deeds of the flesh, sacred scripture tells us. How? By the power of the spirit. You know, God has given us his spirit to overcome all of these uh, natural inclinations that we have, these sinful inclinations that we have, uh, you know, through original sin. And uh, this is what the struggle is all about. Absolutely. Paul, going back to the this, this body world, the first time I saw this body world in Las Vegas, probably some 25, 30 years ago when I was running Baker to Vegas, um, I, I, I looked at it and my I felt like St. Paul in Acts chapter 19 when he walked into Athens, Greece, and he looked at all these these pagan statues to these Greek deities, and uh, some translations he say, "And my spirit was disturbed." That's exactly what happened to me. I walked in there. I said, "Something's wrong with this picture." My spirit was disturbed because, even though I was still growing in my faith, I still knew, you know, based on what's called the census fidei. The fact that the sacrament of baptism and confirmation, it gives you a special grace to detect evil and to know what's right and to know what's good and beautiful and true. And so when I saw these, these, uh, these displays the first time uh, over in, uh, I think, of the Bally's Hotel, I, in my mind, I looked at Anita. We're young and stuff. And, you know, and I said, I don't know, Anita, this is undignified. This is not a Catholic approach to the afterlife or the human body. The body deserves to be, deserves a dignified burial. There's something wrong with this. And here we are 30 years later, Paul, talking about it. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, Jess, as a young deputy, my first trip down to the coroner's office, you know, and when they take you in the, in the crypts uh, and you open up and you see, they say, well, this is the crop of a, you know, people who have been killed this weekend. And you'd have like 30, 40, 50 different bodies in there in L.A. County, right? People who were uh, killed uh, uh, or died. Uh, but, uh, or, or but, suicide. 
Yeah, or suicide. But but I I, I remember being aghast when I looked and I saw. They said, oh, here's the babies. And they were all stacked up. You know what I mean? And and I was like, there's something wrong here. You know what I mean? This is, you know, these these were somebody's uh, loved ones. These are, they're precious. And, you know, there was just that lack of dignity that you see there. They're just like stacked up. It's kind of like looking at uh, photos from, you know, from uh, what the Nazis did during World War II. And you just see bodies upon bodies stacked up and you just... You just know there's something wrong with that. And, 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 you know, it's, it's innate in all of us, you know, because we do have a dignity that God has given us. We do bear that image of God. And yes, the body, uh, you know, the way God created us, he linked our soul with our, our body. And, uh, uh, that gives it dignity period. (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, and so Paul, once again, I, I I just go back to, um, as a Catholic, I think it's an undignified thing to do to say, yeah, I'll I'll donate my body to uh, this you know body world and stuff so they can pump me with plastic and they can exhibit yeah. me naked, you know, w- without without my skin, you know, yeah. playing tennis or playing basketball, you know, and and have my grandkids say, hey, there's Grandpa, let's go to Vegas and see Grandpa, Paul. That's that's undignified. Jesus Christ not only died for every square inch on planet Earth, but he also, to redeem the world, because that's going to be redeemed one day, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, that the Earth even now is groaning right now. Because the Earth is going to be transformed as well. And it's going to be be united to heaven. The new heavens and the new Earth will become one. But but more than that, Christ died for not only our soul. I know we're always talking about soul patrol, Jesus 911. He died for our body. Our body's not going to remain six feet under. Our yep. body will be made new, incorruptible, Amen. immortal, glorified. Oh, uh, I'm loving and, this. <laughs> and, and, and so again, I just I just find it, it it's it's not Catholic to have your body pumped with plastic naked in a display in a hotel where people are yeah. goo-gooing, gagaing, yeah. and you're, you know, and you're doing a three-point shot, you know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and just, uh, yeah. And if you're out there and you're listening and you're saying, yeah, I kind of see what you guys are saying, but, you know, I think you guys are taking this a little far. Well, then you've already been bitten by that, that, that bug called modernism. Oh, you've been yeah. bitten by, you, you know, you've already, you're already losing the battle if that's what your thoughts are, you know, we have to constantly, constantly, you know, take whatever's around us and we need to uh, run it through uh, our, you know, uh, what we know to be true, uh, solid teaching. And, and that's what w- w- we do. The perennial teachings of the church, um, uh, sacred scripture. If you if you're even just a little bit familiar with God and who he is. You just, you know what I mean? It it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't take a whole lot to get you to see that this, there's something wrong here. I, I, maybe I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe I can't, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, I'm just a lay person. I'm not uh, a Scott Hahn or one of these, you know, great theologians, but, but I do have common sense, Jess. And that's what we used to say, right? Uh, in, 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 you know, I remember, um, years ago, um, uh, they would send the sheriff's department, you know, in order to do this job, you don't need to, you know, have some, you know, umpteen million college degrees, but you do need common sense. And these things that we're talking about, we're, 
I, I'm going to relegate them to the idea of spiritual common sense. You see, you know, because we know common sense is not so common, but spiritual common sense. There's certain basic tenets that we should all be able to see pretty clearly if we're linked to the spirit, if we're walking in a state of grace. And so that's why it's important that we need to stay connected and plugged in. That's right, because when you're in a state of grace, you, your, your intellect functions and is able to discern right from wrong because it's formed by the word of God. And Amen. God's word is true. God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light Amen. for our path. And so this yes. is what, when you're in a state of grace, you're able to have moral clarity and you're able to see this and say, hmm, something's wrong with this. This is not a Catholic. I'm going to make sure I tell my family members not to uh, will their body to body worlds. And mm -hmm. uh, again, Paul, that's what happens, uh, which, which you see in the United States, you have a biblical, people have a biblical worldview or a secular worldview. You and I have a biblical worldview. Paul, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Okay, Jess. Hi, Cristalina. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Terry! Hey, brother Paul. I'm here, brother, ready in service, you know, ready to serve. And Paul, I was listening just to the end of the last segment with you and Jesse. And uh -huh. yeah, you know, G.K. Chesterton is the one who said, common sense ain't that common. And I think he said <laughs> over and over again. Paul, I wanted to just share something that's always a joy to my heart. And here at Virgin Most Powerful, when we hear somebody coming back to the faith, we always leap in joy because that's what the gospel says to do. And, yes. you know, we have 240 funerals this past year. We have a funeral going on again today and almost every day of the year. So we reach out to families that uh, need it and invite them to come back to church because many of them aren't going. Well, about a, a week ago, a man came to the chapel, saw me out there. He says, hey, uh, uh, can I talk? Yeah, I'm, we're going to have my wife's funeral here, but I... I, this place really means something to me because 39 years ago, my wife and I got married in your church here, the Sacred Heart wow. Chapel, and we want to have her funeral here. I said, fantastic. I said, no problem. What's your name? And he's about two years younger than I am. He's in his mm -hmm. early 60s. And, um, you know, we started talking, and he used to go to Catholic church. Uh, he went to go to Catholic school at Sacred Heart. And, you know, we got carrying on. He goes, uh, yeah, but I don't—I asked him, I said, are you practicing your faith now? He says, well, since the COVID— pandemic you know i just never came back never went back and so i encouraged him I, and i started teaching him about the eucharist and i said you know here you went to catholic school all your life and i bet you probably don't even know the ten commandments or the seven sacraments it's not your fault but you know i don't i said well let me share something with you and i told him about the men's movement we have here uh on uh, wednesdays the uh the study that they do through the catechism of the catholic church and scripture and uh i said you know you got real men here but, you know, what you need to do is uh, get back to confession and you need to get start going back to Mass. And here's our schedule. Well, mm. I just got a text about three minutes ago, brother. His text mm. is, thank you for inviting me back home. I feel like I'm at home now. You know, Terry, 
uh, again, <laughs> once again, you you prove yourself to be, you know, the evangelist par excellence. You know, you you're, you're always looking for opportunities right. to evangelize and to plant seeds. Yep. And and that's why I love you so much, Terry, because you just have that heart for uh, uh, you, you truly a fisher of men. You have taken you know uh, that concept and applied it to your life. Uh, and 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 I love you for that, Terry. Well, Paul, let me just say it's so simple. You don't need to write a book on how to share your faith with anyone to do this. On Saturday, mm-hmm. my two-year-old grandson was over, and he likes going to the airport in Pomona. So we took mm-hmm. him to the airport. And we were there for two and a half hours, and we met other. Well, we weren't the young couple; we were the grandparents. But we met young couples with their kids there, and I got into conversations. And lo and behold, it just pops up again, Paul. He went to Bishop Amont Catholic School, not going to church because of the pandemic. Guess what I invited him to do? Come home. I got his business card. I, uh, you know, because he's, but we, that took about an hour of of basically having a relationship with him, with his kids first. This is how you reach people through the kids, through your family. Yes, yes, yes. I just want to share that, not to say, look at me, no, but we all can do that in spite of scandal. Your personal relationship with Christ is so special. You want this to be shared. I give the analogy, Paul. I think you took me to a really nice restaurant once. Once, Well, not once. <laughs> but you took me to a place, an Italian restaurant. I took my wife there because I had lunch there with you. You said the cops always would go there on in West Covina. So uh, you told me about a nice place by taking me there. What's nicer than a restaurant? Eternal life. Amen. See, that's why we have to really open up now, especially in these times when people are just so scared. Yeah. You mentioned confession, you know, yeah. you know, bringing these guys back to confession, yeah. Terry. Uh, well, I'm going to confess something. You know, I went to confession and, and I was talking to father in there. And yes, yeah, so sometimes I'm one of those ones that that gets in the conversations in the confession. And you're like, come on, you know, you're yeah. supposed to get in and out of there <laughs> and uh, guilty. You know? But 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 I told father, I says, you know, um, I'm a little bit I've, I've had some anger you know, yeah. you know, over this pandemic. Sure, we all have. And 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 one of the things that I'm angry about is that <clears throat> it seems that you know, so many people in our church have put such an emphasis on saving uh, life, you know, physical life. And I get it, you know. But at the same time, what's more important, um, uh, this life here on earth or eternal life? Amen. And 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 we know that. The sacraments are what communicate that grace that help to get us to where we need to go, which is our eternal home with God. You know, uh, you know, in eternity, you know, looking at that, the beatific vision. And so, uh, so to you know, deny the sacraments during the pandemic, like was which was done, was to me such a huge crime. It was a crime to deny the faithful the sacraments because it's the sacraments that we need, to, uh, Terry, to get us there. That's that's that was just my thoughts on it, and and you know, oh, beautiful, uh, yeah, oh, it's, it's it's awesome. But Paul, you know, th- this is what we're all about here at Virgin Most yeah. Powerful Radio. This is Jesus nine one one. If someone just tuned in, you say, "Where's Jesse?" Well, I'm just <laughs> filling in. Jesse's got a really busy week. He's going to be yeah. doing this. Uh, a reparation of what's taking place in in uh, in Phoenix, in Scottsdale, actually, and at the Terry Show, we we will be talking about 
that issue what Jess is doing. So he's a busy guy. I'm just filling in, having a conversation about how to yeah. how to introduce people to the person of Christ. But Paul, I you sent me an article, or Jesse sent me the article that you guys wanted to chat a little yeah. bit. But I got kind of carried away. I apologize, okay. but I'm excited okay. about Jesus, man. Let's get let's get into this article. You got it, here. partner. I'm all ears. <laughs> okay. So uh reform of the Catholic Church. And then it says the catechism is not the Quran. Boy, what do you think of that title, Terry? Uh, <laughs> of course, the catechism is not the Quran, and I, and I don't know exactly how they're meeting that, but uh, let's look at the article. Maybe that'll give us a, a hint. Yeah. Okay. The Catholic Reform Project, Synodal Wedge, is making demands on the Pope. This includes no longer seeing homosexual acts as a serious sin. However, there are clear differences of opinion between the bishops. And this has to do with the bishops in Germany uh, in particular, yeah, Terry. I know about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. In the Catholic Church in Germany, there could soon be official blessing ceremonies for homosexual couples. The Plenary Assembly of the Synodal Path Reform Project on Saturday in Frankfurt approved a corresponding paper with a clear majority in the first reading. In other words, you know, the the clear majority is, is they, they want to push this idea that homosexual is not a serious sin, Terry. Yeah. Um, the German Catholics are thus disregarding the Vatican's no, uh, no to such blessing uh, celebrations, which the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith had confirmed in March of last year. In addition, the General Assembly also passed a text in the first reading in which Pope Francis is called upon to clarify and reassess homosexuality from a teaching point of view. <clears throat> Thomas Jansen, editor in politics, okay. Um, the refusal to bless two people who want to live their partnership in love, commitment, and responsibility to one another and to God is merciless or even discriminatory in a society that has achieved human dignity and free self-determination as a maxim of moral standardization, it says in the text uh, on blessing celebrations. Terry, let's just comment on that. What are your What's your take on that right now, Terry? Well, my take is I, Bishop Strickland just made, I'll, I have his comment right here. You said, All right. He says, humanity is in desperate need for the virtue of chastity. <laughs> Whatever yeah. your sexual orientation, we're all called to chastity. He's quoting the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Yeah. Every man must model chastity. And then he starts talking. He seems bishops, priests, deacons must lead yeah. the way. See what he's saying? He's encouraging the Pope and bishops to lead the way for authentic spirituality when it comes to our chastity. He says, pray for a change of heart for anyone who fails to live and call others to chastity. He's talking about those German bishops. He's talking about the people in the church who want to change the perennial teachings of the church and they need conversion. And I would say this, Paul, the article makes it clear that we're living in times where, I mean, the bishop, uh, in an interview he in Germany, made it very clear and saying, well, the church has been wrong on this. Well, I really, I really think that the we went in James Martin and all these other guys. In my humble opinion, as a layman, if you don't agree with the church on the moral teachings of the church, that's on your exit interview. I re, I ask you to repent and believe in the gospel, but don't try and corrupt others 
by saying you've got a better idea than the word of God and the preachings of the church. That's yeah. how I see it, brother. That's yeah, my reaction. Yeah, yeah. listen, um, you know, you're 100% on point when you say that, Terry. Uh, but what they don't realize is if God can change and God changes on things like, oh, let's say the death penalty oh. or you know, or, 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 you know, homosexuality, you know, it's not really, right, you know, uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Any, any, uh, immorality. Yeah. Well, then we don't have a church. Exactly. Because you, you know, you undermine by advocating these ideas, you are basically gutting the church because if that's true, if, if God can change his mind midstream and say, well, you know, you know, God was wrong back then, but now he's corrected it or we've evolved some kind of way. They look at uh, our, the, the church almost like uh, uh, the theory of evolution. You know, the church is just, you know, uh, uh, you know, we have one degree of light, but that light gets brighter and brighter and brighter and we get more understanding. Um, no, God gave us the word of God uh, we understand that God doesn't change. Uh, we have a clear, the, the good thing with God is we have a clear, clear um, uh, uh, vision of what's right and what's wrong because he gave us, he gave it to us in writing. It started with the law and the prophets and it ended up with the New Testament writers. And uh, you can take that to the bank. Then, uh, th then it was reinforced with the, uh, uh, with the, um, the perennial teachings of the church throughout 2,000 years of church history. We're not changing at this point. Well said. And when I come back, I want to give you what St. Thomas Aquinas says about change. He's going to back you up, Paul, like a policeman at, when you need backup. <laughs> it's St. Thomas Aquinas to the rescue. Yeah, I'm hiding behind St. Thomas. You got that, partner. You're listening to Jesus 911. Jess will be back tomorrow. I'm just filling in with Paul Clay. We're too blessed to be stressed, too anointed to be disappointed. Stay with us, family. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Welcome back to Jesus 911. Terry Barber sitting in for Jess Romero in a two-man car, as they always say, with Paul Clay. Paul, you were just enunciating how truth doesn't change and that we need mm -hmm. to have the perennial teachings of the church taught. And I said, dude, I'm going to have you, I'm going to back you up with St. Thomas Aquinas. You got the scriptures, yes. But one of the great doctors of the church, he said, hold firmly that our faith is identical with that of the ancients. Deny this and you dissolve the unity of the church. You just said mm. something very similar to what Thomas said. Yep. And that's because uh, St. Thomas Aquinas and I, you know, we have the same teacher. And that's the Holy Spirit of God who teaches us these things. You know, Terry, uh, there's also uh, something else I just want to comment in that article. You bet. Uh, uh, it says, the catechism is not the Quran, uh, said Munich Arch Archbishop Reinhard <laughs> Cardinal Marx. Mm -hmm. A change of the catechism is therefore not a sacrilege. He pointed out that Pope Francis had also changed his statements on the death penalty. Mm -hmm. Formerly, the catechism allowed the death penalty uh, as a last resort in certain cases. Francis deleted the passage in 2018 in favor of an exception-less ban. Well, let's just talk about 
that for a second, Terry. You see, it's kind of funny because I wasn't really sure what he was saying. Uh, you know, the catechism is not the Quran because since this whole article is centered around, you know, our acceptance or our compromising toward uh, our, you know, homosexual proclivities and, and you know, just the embracing of that whole L LGBTQ agenda, that's what this article is around. And earlier it talked about... Uh, you know, that we should, uh, you know, that, that, you know, our view on that was viewed as merciless, Terry, mm -hmm. merciless, you know, uh, we're, we're being unreasonable here. We're, we're not showing mercy to those who, who need mercy. Uh, well, uh, I'm not buying it, Terry. I'm not buying what they're selling. Uh, uh, you know, it's the most merciful thing you can do mm -hmm. to correct somebody when they are doing something that is, literally caught you know uh, putting their soul in jeopardy what say you terry now i say the same thing you're quoting father bill casey at the family conference the most merciful yeah. merciless thing you can do is let someone wallow in their sin not only yeah. that it's that it's the most loving thing to do paul yes because let's yes. think about this let's think about it if i really love you paul mm -hmm. and i knew you were doing something that was offensive to god and you're my friend and i go well hey paul have a good time that wouldn't be loving you. What would no. be loving you is if I got in the car and I drove over to your house, knocked on your door and said, dude, we need to chat. Yeah. And let's open up our Bibles. And let's talk about what's going on here. And let's, let's, let he, uh, let's ask the tough question about salvation right now, brother. Yeah, Terry. And I'd want you to sit me down and slap me in my face and say, well, what do you Wake do? up. <laughs> you better wake up, right? Yeah, but I'd want, it, and I'd want you to do the same to me, Paul. Yeah, it's kind of the old, uh, son, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts mm -hmm. you. But you, you know what? Uh, 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 you know, uh, the thing is, is this is what we this is what we need. We need to we are our brother's keeper. Yeah. Uh, God, God calls us to to love each other and to speak the truth. What does the sacred scripture say, Terry? It says, speak the truth in love. Exactly. And, uh, you know, there's another article. You don't have it, Terry, but I was reading it, and it was an article. I just want to, uh, sure. you know, pull it, pull it up for reference. You bet. Uh, it's an article that was written, and, you know, since you don't think we're picking on just the German, this this, this priest here, well, his name is Daniel uh, Helminiak. And he, he says he was ordained a priest in Rome, is a theologian, psychotherapist, and author of what the Bible really says about homosexuality. <laughs> and, you know, and, and he goes through great pains, Terry, to explain in the Greek how essentially the Bible isn't really saying and condemning homosexuality in any type of way, speaking about the New Testament. And, uh, you know, I can just, you know, I hate to say it, and I, I don't mean to sound uncharitable, but I can take one look at him and tell you that this guy right. is, uh, you know, a little uh, light in the loafers, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just, just by his, I can tell just by looking at him. Of course. And 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 I don't mean to say that in a negative way, but we all make judgments. You know, I, re I read a book one time, and it was called. Uh, 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 trying to think of what the name of it was, but it was saying essentially that uh, it was by a guy named Gladstone, and he talked about how we make judgments in a split second, and like ninety eight percent of that time, that judgment is correct. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that that you know that feeling that you get and uh, uh, well that's just the feeling that I get just by looking at a picture but when I read what he says and his uh, you know his affirmation toward the you know uh, you know homosexuality and and his it, the, the 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 you know just the 
the way he goes about trying to undermine uh, the the teachings of the church, sure. it tells me where this guy's lined up. Uh, well said. And you know what, Paul? You make judgments every time you cross the street, every time you pull onto a freeway, every during the day. There's all kinds of judgments, so you want to make good judgments. Paul, the thing that concerns me is that um, the, all of this stuff that's going on regarding sexual morality, it just seems to me that until Holy Mother the Church, at the top of the, you know, the Holy Father, comes out and <clears throat> states very clearly what the Church teaches, this is going to continue to get watered down. <clears throat> and I, I actually believe that a schism is coming forth I mean, we've been saying this for 50 years, a schism where well, they break from the church. It's already been broken, you know, in the sense of you go to a local parish and they want to teach something that's not in the teachings of the catechism. Now you have to go look for a parish that does. We really shouldn't have to do that. But I think what's going to happen is this is going to get to a boiling point where it's official that they have separated themselves. And this would be like ordination of women or of, of marrying homosexual people. This is so clear that actually, and I don't mean to say it's a good thing, but I'm tired of kind of just dancing around with these modernists. Come on, call it out, say what you are, yeah. and get out. And well, you know what? That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, and Terry, we're hoping, I know I am, and I know you are, yeah. that that somehow God, uh, you yeah. know, Oh, gives be, that gives that moment of clarity to oh, the yeah. Holy Father, oh, absolutely, or, or or brings in another Holy Father right. that is going to um, right. uh, lead us in that direction. Mm -hmm. uh, if that schism comes, and I think the Pope he did mention that he, he welcomes he, he welcomes it. schism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, uh, uh, Jesus said, "How you know can a house divided against itself stand?" A rhetorical question, and and so how you would welcome schism. I, I'm not really sure how that, you know, meshes with 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 uh, our faith. But I know one thing uh, there is and there will be a division uh, at the great white throne judgment. You know, as as our Protestant brothers referred to it as, you know, yep. uh, it uh, you know, uh, there will be a division. Uh, the sheep and the goats will be divided. And guess what? Uh, uh, when we see things going on in the church right now, if our church and the leadership of our church, you know, uh, you know, it has that moment of clarity and they come out on the wrong side of this somehow, Terry, yeah, yeah. then the, then the, then the schism that will take place will be, um, it will, it, it, it's just, it, it's unfathomable. But I think that uh, it'll be clear on who, uh, which group represents the true Catholic faith. Oh, yeah. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And uh, I, I would believe that many bishops, uh, uh, you know, would, uh, would, uh, would uh, you know, divide at that point oh, with yeah. the Pope if yeah. he came up on the wrong side of that issue. And I'm not saying that he would. But uh, only God knows. But I'm just talking, you know, a scenario. What if? Sure. You know? <laughs> well, this is why Our Lady of Fatima's message to the children about souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray for them. Are we praying for these? And I'll use them heretics. I'll just use this. Um, we call them uh, material heretics. What do we mean by a material heretic over a heretic? I'm going to give them the benefit that they don't know better because I don't know what's inside their mind. Yes. I mean, it surprises me that they've been ordained 
and spent you know a, a dozen years studying their, their 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 faith that they don't know that um, homosexuality is mortal sin or that they don't know about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist or <clears throat> all these other teachings. But let's say that give them the benefit they're material heretics. We want to pray for their conversions. So what can we do as a lay group? Offer our prayers, our sacrifices. You know what? One little sacrifice we can make on a Friday. You know how you like eggs with uh, potato with uh, your eggs and potatoes with salt and pepper. Don't put salt <laughs> and pepper on it. Kind of blasé, but you know what? Offer little sacrifices. This is how we're going to turn the church around. Because Paul, last time I looked, you're not management. Me either. We're in sales. No. So we yeah. need to be praying for Holy Mother Church leaders that they will be faithful to the deposit of faith. Amen. Uh, well said. And uh, this is exactly right. Uh, uh, what can we do as individuals? Yep. And the thing that we can do is present yourselves as living and holy sacrifices. That's what you said, Terry. Yeah, basically. Acceptable, yeah, acceptable unto God. Yep. You know, this is this is reasonable. This is, you know, see, this is within our, uh, you know, our, uh, our grasp something that we can do terry this That's is right. within our jurisdiction That's right. That's right. and uh and 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 god is the one who's going to have to worry about you know those making the decisions in the church That's right. um, i'm That's glad right. you pointed that out you know as a lay person you know we can you know uh i don't ever want listen i came back as you know terry right. i was a revert right you know I, I had left the church for many years and i i I see the, I, you know, when I was gone, I saw the ugliness of Protestantism and, and the division that it causes. And what I didn't know that when I came back to the church, that there would be just, you know, the same sort of things going on within the church. But the key word is it's within the church, you yep. see, and that's where the battle needs to be fought. It needs to be fought from within inside the church. Yep. You don't leave the church. You don't. We don't take our ball and go home, so to speak. <laughs> you know, I'm not playing anymore. Give me back my ball. <laughs> you know, that's what, we used to do that when we were kids, right? right. <laughs> I'm taking the ball. No, you're not. Well, you know, uh, what's going on is the reality of uh, working out our salvation in fear and trembling. And uh, God has given us enough. He's given us everything that we need, Terry, in order to do that. And he's given us that in the churches. And I, I had to tell somebody this, Terry, because I know there's a lot of people that, you know, that, that talk about the differences between, you know, uh, traditional Catholicism and the Novus Ordo. But guess what? Jesus is Jesus is present. Where Jesus is Amen. present, I'm going to go no matter what. Well said, brother. Hey, I want to remind everybody, May 7th, we've got a marriage and family conference coming up. Dr. Sandoval, my wife and I, we're going to be uh, using Cardinal Seurat's material, Bishop Sheen's Three to Get Married, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. You want to renew your marriage? Call us at 877-526-2151 or go on the line to vmpr.org. Gary Machuda is up next. Jet, Paul, I'm glad to join you today, and I hope we can do it another time, brother. Thanks so much. May God richly bless you and your family. Up next, Gary Machuda. <laughs>